Hello, I'm Thomas Grothers. I'm Jerry. And today is the seventh film in our month of David Lynch. We have now taken a jump. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, we haven't taken a jump. Uh, Which is first, Lost Highway or... Lost Highway. Lost Highway, I think. Yeah, Lost Highway before. Yeah. But I'm saying, where have we jumped? Because we're not doing this time Twin Peaks Firewalk With Me, even though, arguably, it may be my favourite Lynch film. Yeah, I mean, it's we're, we're, me. skip, we're skipping it for now um, because we are going to be doing all of Twin Peaks at a later date and it needs to be in that uh, world. No, we have already, yes, we've already skipped uh, Twin Peaks but in between Wild at Heart and Lost Highway. Now, today, is we are huge Lynch fans, but every fan has their blind spots. This is a blind spot for both of us. We've, fi yeah. we've finally filled it. Um, I personally couldn't be happier to fill it. Me it, too. It was truly, truly delightful. Oh. Uh, this is the straight story. This morning you fall and you can't get off the floor. That's your hips, Alvin. And you're going to have to use a walker now to get around. No walker. I love a lightning storm. Oh, me too, Dad. Oh, Cloud, I had a, a stroke. Rose, darling, I'm gonna go back on the road. And I, I've gotta make this trip on my own. I've got to go see Lyle. I know you understand. <laughs> Alvin, you're going to get blown off the right off the road. That's what I'm afraid. Mount Zion, Wisconsin. Why don't you just take your car? I don't have a driver's license. That's 60 more miles than hills. That's across the Mississippi. Which yes. is based off a true story. Mm -hmm. about a man uh, named Alvin Strait, who the film is dedicated to, de dedicated to, for he died uh, within the year of the film's release. And he had a serious health attack. His mm -hmm. brother, by some bizarre, well, not even bizarre, some cruel twist of fate, had a stroke at the same time. And he mowed, well, not mowing, but he drove, he drove on a mower yes. um, for miles and miles and miles to be with his brother due to his lack of a driver's license, due to his eyes going and uh, litany of other health issues. And yeah. it's a truly, truly beautiful film. I do believe you're with me. I'm having a little engine trouble. <laughs> you know, uh... I'd be happy to drive you the rest of the way to Mount Zion. I still want to finish this the way I started. And this trip is a hard swallow for my pride. I just hope I'm not too late. You've got two brothers that haven't spoken in 10 years. I want to make peace. I want to sit with him, look up at the stars, like we used to do so long ago. Brothers and brothers. Yes. Oh my God, I loved it. I, mm. I, I put it off for ages. And then yesterday when I watched it, it from like the second you hear Battle of Menti doing his music again, mm. I was just immediately like, here we go. <laughs> here we go. And, and I was, I think I was putting it off because it was the Walt Disney of it all. Yeah. I, that even though I'd not heard a single story of bad dealings with Disney, well, no, I've heard plenty of stories about bad dealings with Disney, uh, but not with this film. No. I somehow got in my head, oh, they must have tinkered with it, you know, they must have, but no, it's I, no. this for me is, I think, is a pure, is a, another pure Lynch piece. 
Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, yeah. He calls it his most experimental film, which is obviously um, his own wry right. sensibility. And yeah. I feel like it feels a bit like when John Waters made Hairspray, because obviously before Hairspray becomes it's this big mu musical phenomenon, it's a John Waters film. And John Waters, I love, you know, he makes Pink Flamingos, he makes Polyester, he makes, uh, well, you know, he makes Serial Mum After, and it's these, you know, pure filth movies filled yeah. as a, you know, a real scene of a, of a of drag queen, incredible legend, divine, eating dog shit. And, um, <laughs> And so then when he made Hairspray and it's this lovely nostalgic piece, again, with its darkness about exploring race relations, but it's all yeah. nostalgia and it's kitschy and it's fifties. And um, the producers are just like, you're going to ruin your own career. You know, people are going to be wanting to watch this and they're going to be, what the hell is this? And I think in a way it did get some Oscar recognition, but mainly for Richard Fountain's incredible central performance. Oh my goodness. And, um, it sort of was an outlier uh, to the Lynch canon. Um, yeah. However, I think if I watched this in a vacuum mm. and I had to guess a director, I would say David Lynch. Me too. Mm. I think there was so much that reminded me of uh, Twin Peaks, The Return, in the, yes. the way, especially the scenes in the trailer park. Mm. Uh, I, mean, I mean, obviously the there's the obvious link with Harry Dean Stanton, but yeah. even without that, I think it's the, just the way everyone treats each other is just kind and treats Alvin. Very Dougie-like. Yeah, I know, I was thinking that as well. Very, it's like, oh, just a vision of pure, a vision of pure happiness <laughs> that makes everybody around him better. Yeah. Um, this is a different brand of that because he's going, he's not, making terrible people better. He's just bumping into other nice people. Yeah. And um, nobody questions it. You've got, I mean, you've got the four guys uh, who are his, clearly maybe his friends um, in the mm. original town. And they're like, what the hell are you doing? But apart from that, yeah. everybody's more than invested. Yeah. Everybody just goes with it. And it, it is truly, truly, truly delightful. I, I thoroughly adored this film. Me um, too. Let's get into YouTube comments. Okay. Here we go. Let's see what the kids are saying. Um, only a couple here, really. Imagine getting off your shift at Bob's Big Boy. You walk out the back door and David Lynch is going through the garbage. That's stuff, an anecdote he said in the interview. Okay. I was lifting <laughs> these credits from. Uh, this was, this is a comments from a video because I usually take them from the trailer, but there weren't any comments on the trailer. Right. I just want to know one thing. How the hell does he get his hair to stay like that? That is a good question. <laughs> it is a marvelous, marvelous hairdo. You look tree city. Yeah. <laughs> and um, somebody has put here uh, a hyperlink, uh, 705, and they've put my favorite one. And I pressed on 705, and it was David Lynch putting his hands through his hair. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I agree. That was a pretty marvelous uh, hair swipe. Um, yeah. let's get into the body of the film. Best 10 minute stretch. I've got mower prep, prepping the mower. Um, uh -huh. I mean, we know the premise of the film, but, um, well, did you, did you know the premise of the film? I presume you did. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've known it for a while. Uh, just from Wikipedia, you know, forums about mm. Twin Peaks. And, uh, um, that's it. the, the first breakdown um, mm -hmm. and you're like, oh no, <laughs> is this movie going to be really depressing? Um, and I, but I like that it gets the breakdown out of the way. Early. Yeah. And then he get and then he upgrades after going to see Big Ed. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> I didn't know he was in this. <laughs> Neither did I. And he goes to see Big Ed and he gets an upgrade to a John Deere mower. And then that threat is gone. And I like that, that it's pretty easy breezy. There, there are tensions and there are, you know, moments where we get into yeah. a, a deeper something. But I, I love that the threat's gone, that he will make, the, well, yeah. he, we, we know he'll make the journey. Um, and it's just beautifully shot and so yeah. 
I get what you're saying about the return because I, I think it's what is perhaps obviously is a very very focused man on meditation. Yeah, and I get that sort of meditative flow with this film. Yes, yeah. I'm sure there's people who will watch this and be bored shitless, and I and yeah. I understand that in a way. But yeah. it's just letting it being completely sucked in and I think I could watch another hour of Richard Farnsworth riding around on a mower with yeah. that incredible music and those that, those incredible sweeping shots mm. yeah I have here um, the fire with the uh, hitchhiker girl just a lovely lovely conversation yeah. I wrote that down just... that's beautiful scene with them talking uh, and about the pregnancy and about um his daughter that was yeah rose and her daughter yeah grief yeah Uh, sissy spacex in this um then she's never diagnosed uh officially in the script or the film um but she clearly has some um mental uh, disabilities um richard farnsworth uh alvin calls her slow or at least says that the people in the town refer to her as slow um, yeah. So we can we can allude. She's obviously got some some brand of mental disability, and yeah. um, Sissy Spacek is 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 pretty marvelous, I think. Um, yeah, she is, and you sort of, and it's subtle as well. It's yeah. realistic, and and it's a great depiction of yeah. a life with these um, disabilities. But it's never. I don't think she had in her mind. I'm gonna. This is my Oscar. I'm gonna get nominated no. for best supporting actress. Yeah, no doesn't look that way at all i love rain man love rain man and actually i think rain man's a, a better example of it but mm. you watch forest i mean they talk about it in tropic thunder <laughs> forest gump i am sam <laughs> these are people going for their oscars and and i think in the 2020 lens when we're looking more for people to play um people with disabilities to play yeah. their disabilities yeah. um more and more and diversity and the like i think uh, you can sort of point more issues out with a forest gump uh, than you can with a a straight story um, yeah and also this isn't necessarily rose's movie i, I uh, to say that she's second build and to, to say that sissy spacek is a pretty big actress herself um mm. she's really not in it that much i was i was quite taken aback no, she's only really in like the first 20 minutes mm. And um, and her arguably her most effective moment, she's not speaking and she's just looking at that child rolling the ball, and you're going yeah. oh, and you think oh this is a sort of childhood that she's never had, and then you get the true story behind why that was so affecting to her, and, and it just heartbreakingly good. I know. Um, this is Lynch's first film. Where he doesn't have a writing credit. Um, yeah. It was written by Mary Sweeney, who was the yeah. producer of multiple, multiple Lynch films, and his wife for a year in yeah. uh, 2006 to 2007. Uh, they were in a relationship previous to uh, their marriage, as well as uh, John Roach is credited. I believe he wrote the original article um, that uh, the screenplay was based on. And um, I was listening to an interview with Charlie Rose, he did, and he was just saying how it's very few and far between that you read scripts that aren't his. It's not from a point of arrogance, not from a point of um, thing, just from a point of reading a script that he would want to do. It's not that he hasn't read great scripts, um, although he does line with the Kubrick angle of a script is a blueprint, you know, a script. Obviously, scripts can read great, you know, take yeah. a take any handful of incredible films and if you read the screenplay you'd probably have a pretty good experience reading it off the page but Kubrick Lynch so dynamic visually uh, visually dynamic filmmakers um, yeah. the blueprint quote is a direct quote from Kubrick um, and, and, and I completely agree uh, uh-huh. all that being said Mary Sweeney has written just a beautiful script yeah I thought it was the monologues as well mm. uh, the film just with the the people that he meets were fantastic mm. <laughs> like uh the 
I don't know if you want to talk about the bar scene yet. Uh, look, we'll pin that for best single minute yeah. because that truly, it didn't necessarily take me by surprise. Yeah. But it goddamn blew me out of the water. Yeah. Ast- me too. Astounding performances. Um, it shook me to my core. And, me um, too. And we talk about that I think is a bit underrated uh, with Lynch is his sentimentality. Is that yes. because through the Twin Peaks lens, a lot of that sentimentality people pass off as uh, being purely satirical and parodying yeah. of a soap op- of the soap operas. He, he's very sentimental, but there is deep, deep sentiment. I mean, I, I've lifted it multiple times in my for for my own scripts as a as a homage or as some people call it theft. Um, the Leland yeah. line, you know, have you felt? absolute pain absolute absolute loss sorry absolute loss such a beautiful deeply affecting phrase i mean i can probably link every david lynch film to to dougie (laughs) dougie jones but you can't look at dougie and say that lynch isn't sentimental i don't think yeah And, and you know on a first watch maybe uh, well, well, that's the power of Dougie, is that on a first watch, an episode goes by and you go, okay, all right. So he's playing multiple different Coopers. Yeah. And then three more episodes go by and you go, oh, <laughs> all right. And yeah. then, but by the time that you get to I am the FBI, obviously yeah. you are overjoyed that you've got Cooper. But also... You're sad. so sad that you've lost Dougie. You've come to love Dougie. He's like Nanny McPhee. You, yeah. you, you don't necessarily hate him, but you hate the fact that he is taking you away from Cooper time mm. after 25 years. And yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but then on a rewatch, you're like, oh, this, I mean, I, I think Jay Bowman said it on the on their Red Letter Media um, review of The Return. He said, for me, this is the Dougie Jones show. And, and I couldn't agree more on a rewatch. Yeah. Um, and then I have, as a just a deeply affecting ten-minute stretch, the just the ending, the final crossing mm-hmm. to Harry Dean Stanton's Lyle, yeah, and I'd, yeah. meeting Stanton at the end. Yeah, I'd say from the what when he's meet talking with the the priest in the grave at the graveyard, yeah. and Redeemed then to the bar, and then. Because I feel like he's he's so close mm. to meeting his brother, but he's still he's still he knows he wants to do it, but he's hesitant because mm. there is that bad blood between them. I love that we don't get a big blowout scene. Me too. I love that we don't get too much exposition. That there's not this huge dynamic. Literally, Harry Dean Stanton. You could say, why don't you cast somebody else? It's such a small role. But no. the the relationship that we have to Dean Stanton through years and years and years of, of, of supporting character work uh, that came to a th- fruition um, in his final film before he passed, uh, Lucky, which I've, yeah. I've yet to see, but I'm very excited to see. Uh, I've seen half of it. Yeah, directed by uh, John Carroll Lynch, no relation to David Lynch. Um, I'm not the Zodiac. And if I was, I certainly wouldn't tell you. <laughs> Speaking of uh, John Carroll Lynch, though, for one second, I don't think I've heard so many RGs oh, since I watched Fargo. RGs, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alvin. RGs. Oh, RGs. Oh, ah, oh, Norm, you did all that for a big, but yeah. for a little money. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Harry Dean Stanton, last scene, he was. When he said. When he said Alvin and he and his voice cracked, yeah. and you you can and you didn't you don't even see him yet, and he's mm. and he's shouting it from the house, so it's distorted by the length from it being from the house. It's distorted yeah. from the emotion, and it's cracking because of the effect of the stroke. Mm. It just really got me, and and I had t- I, I genuine I had tears in my eyes. Me too, me too. Tremendous, I like, tremendous. <laughs> Olivia, my girlfriend came in uh, as I was watching the last scene and she was like, Jay, are you okay? 
because it was just so emotional and powerful. I was sat there. Just... Was she not sat next to you watching TikToks uh, like uh, future episode Mank? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. She was. I don't know what she was doing. She was showering and dancing. I don't know. Showering and dancing. These are good. These are good things to do. Um, any? Am I missing anything uh, from Ten Minute Stretch? I know you pitched in with the graveyard into the into the war stories, which we're going to talk about more in. Um, uh, I have a bunch of single minutes, I think. So I think it is. No, I agree with you. It is more of a single minute, episodic feature like that. Um, Tom's weirdly specific yeah. favorite parts of the film. You've got a stricken man here. Are you stricken, Alvin? <laughs> Just that sort of dry <laughs> Lynchian humor. Um, yeah. There's a real dry Lynchian single minute that we'll get to. Um, I love a big cigar uh, after the doctor's office. Uh, just a great cut, mm. and it's sort yeah. of and it's sort of a uh, thing of accept because it's also as as in a way it's a story about accepting death and yeah. accepting yeah. things before death. He keeps saying stuff like, you know, you've got to forget the small things. It, it, it's a man realizing he's coming to the end of his life, um, settling yeah. settling debts. Um, yeah, because he wants to die, die happy, and that's a very, very, very powerful, and powerful thing. Do you know about Richard Farnsworth? Yes, so yeah. he's dying of bone cancer. Mm-hmm. As the film's being made, he gets his Oscar nomination. He's at the Oscars. He's the oldest, uh, still the oldest, um, best actor nominee ever. Um, there have been two older supporting actor nominations since for yeah. Robert Duval, I believe, for The Judge. Bad film, yeah. but um, fine. Okay, film. Uh, but, yeah. um, and then he obviously takes his own life within a year uh, yeah. due to the incredible pain that he was going through with the bone cancer. Yeah. And again, knowing that yeah. brings an even deeper yeah. context. It's... There's a scene in, I don't know if you've seen it, uh, but uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And by the time that this comes out, um, Chadwick Boseman may very well have won his supporting actor Oscar. Um, mm. And there's a scene in that, again, in that we're dealing with an actor who knows he's dying. And yeah. there's a scene in it where he is waving a knife at God and screaming at God. And it's an incredible f- performance on his own. And I, and I get so annoyed when you know they talk about it with Peter Finch and they talk about it with Heath Ledger, when they when people conflate the two things and they yeah. talk about how it was boosted by their death, it's so it's such an incendiary, insulting comment because yeah. if Peter Finch didn't die, he would still win Best Actor for yeah. 1976. Yeah. Um, and if Heath Ledger didn't die, good God, he would. Of course, he would oh, still win. Absolutely. There's just no question in my mind. You know, yeah. maybe he didn't deserve to win. Maybe Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder. I don't know. But uh, there is he certainly, certainly would. And I think we're talking now, this will come out after, I believe, I think, I can't remember. But that Chadwick Boseman nomination win, whatever, he's definitely going to get nominated. Um, it's a truly, truly affecting thing. And so watching that, watching the film now with that context... And also, again, like we were talking about with Dean Stanton, talking about a context of a of, of a career that we've seen. I love Misery. I don't know if you've seen Misery. Um, and uh, I'm like, Misery is in James Caan, Stephen King, Annie Wilkes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> and I know Richard Farnsworth is the sheriff. Um, and it's <laughs> I'm your biggest fan. That's um, me with David. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go put up my Liberace records. What made me decide to do, do the straight story? Um, I fell in love with the script. I had heard about it because Mary Sweeney, who is my girlfriend, um, I'd been talking about it for three years. And then she and her childhood friend, John Roach, wrote that script. And I read it and fell in love with it. And what I fell in love with, I think, was the emotion in, this, in that script. And emotion is an abstraction. And I wanted to see if I could get that emotion to come out of the, out of the, the film. 
Is that your goal when you start making films? I mean, is it to take abstractions, to visualize your ideas? Yes, well, it's a trans, when you, uh, it's falling in love with ideas and then the beautiful process of translating those ideas to film. And um, so it's, it's, it's sort of what it's all about. And, um, and it's also about going into another world and um, experiencing that. And uh, that's what it's like going into a theater. Is it's best, at least for me, to not know anything about the film. And the lights go down, the curtains open, and you enter another world. It's so beautiful. I'm just going to tighten up and pause to make more films. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to anymore. We're going to get another 10 hours, multiple hours wisteria. I know. For years, for years, we didn't think we'd get any lynch. And then we get 18 hours. <laughs> yeah, and then we got... And then we're going to get whatever wisteria is going to be. I really hope it's a perverted... Uh, version of Desperate Housewives because that's set on <laughs> Wisteria Lane. I would be very much into that, and, and cast everybody again. Get Felicity Huffman out of prison. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, again, that context of you know, yeah. we've seen them all their lives, and it's the rare case of. Well, we'll get to it in Oscar travesty. We've got that coming up. I love just typical beautiful Lynchian shot: the rain through the window illuminating them. Yeah, um, that was a beautiful scene. Again, terrific uh, Sissy Spacek as Rose. Yeah. The grabber. <laughs> it's for grabbing. Oh, I, uh, oh, I don't want to... No, that's a good grabber. Right? You know, do, uh. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I love when he shotguns the mower and blows it <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah. He just grabs the shotgun, walks through the kitchen. Everybody's silent. Yeah. What's he doing? <laughs> also, I love that it blows up immediately. Maybe that's yeah. not as realistic, no. but um, just an incredible visual. Uh, the bundle of sticks uh, as the sort of button on the end of that incredible firework, fire, firework conversation, <laughs> uh, fire conversation uh, with yeah. the hitchhiker. Just a terrifically beautiful image. And oh. maybe it was the Blair Witch. Maybe maybe the hitchhiker was taken by the Blair Witch. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I yeah. love the reveal when he when he comes to the family and, and we find out that he's been travelling for five weeks now. Because yeah. we've been sort of in that meditative in and out state. And there's never been a day mentioned. There's never been an amount of days or weeks. And it's like, wait a minute. How long has he actually been doing this for? And we yeah. find out five weeks uh, and we go, oh, right. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, any weirdly specific or more general favourite parts for you, Jack? Uh, okay. Well, weirdly, well, weirdly specific as in weird. <laughs> uh, I've hit a deer every week. <laughs> the deer scene on the road was so random vignettes. Can I help you, lady? Scene no, you can't help me. No one can help me. I've tried driving with my lights on. I've tried sounding my horn. I screamed out the window. I roll the window down and bang on the side of the door and play public enemy real loud. I have prayed to St. Francis, St. Christopher too. What the heck? I've tried everything a person can do. And still every week I plow into at least one deer. I have hit 13 deer in seven weeks. Where do they come from? He's dead. And I love deer. <laughs> that's, that's the zinger. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> the, the entire time I was just you know what scene I'm gonna about I'm about to relate it to from Twin Peaks. Do it, do it. Do it. We've got miles to go. <laughs> He's sick. <laughs> right, that scene was so written. Ah! <laughs> 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 the scene was so written by David. He probably added it. it, it, it he pro he was probably just sat there at his tent with. He found this woman, and it was like, "I have an idea. Um, you and you and Richard, you you you're gonna do a scene for me. Um, so there's this beautiful, beautiful deer, and and you hit it." It's heart wrenching. 
But you You're, love deer. But you love deer. <laughs> and then, um, and then when he's eating the deer, he's eating the deer. Um, he's, he's he's put the horns on the on the truck. And the and, deer um, watching him. And the, the yeah, the statues of deers watching him. I don't know where he was going. Where he ended up in a deer statue deer farm. It reminded me of a. I know Ryan Johnson is a Lynch fan, but it reminded me of the Last Jedi when uh, <laughs> Chewie's eating the pork, and all the porgs are watching. <laughs> See, this is the, these are the sort of this is why they need to let me interview directors because <laughs> yeah. people are going to be like, "Ooh, where did you take? Where did you want to take Star Wars? Where did you, like you, this? You yeah. wrote this. Where, why? Why are you subverting expectations?" And I go. Was 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 the Last Jedi based on the straight story? That's, that's, that's what we. Yeah, mean. well, I know the throne. This is a bit of a tangent. But the 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 throne room in the Last Jedi was inspired by the Red Room. Good. I yeah. I'm gonna say it, and I've gotten I've come into fire. The Last Jedi is by far the best of that trilogy. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm. No, you're not. <laughs> you can get rid of the casino. Sure, I get it. And if yeah, you ever do. If you ever do a podcast on that film, Tom, oh, you'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> we should probably do the first three Star Wars films first. Maybe I don't know. Yes, um, <laughs> the prequels as well. <laughs> yeah, the, the prequels. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> we'll do the prequels. The clo- we're going to do them all, but in uh, chronological order. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the Clone Wars uh, soundtrack, Connie. You alluded to it before, but that Angelo Badalamenti, beautiful, dreamlike, sweeping score. This yeah. time imbued with a little bit of country, some nice guitar. Yeah, yeah it was beautiful. Nice. Uh, I was. It might be one of my fit. It's one of my favorites, if not the my first favorite. Thing I did, yeah, the first thing I did was look on Spotify, and it's not even bloody there. Sort it oh, out, Angelo. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Is um, it's on YouTube. Mm. I haven't checked Apple Music, uh, but I was playing it uh, just before the podcast. Mm. And my girlfriend was like, "This is really good." It is really good. It is, yeah. <laughs> it's a tremendous score, um, yeah. and which leads us into Oscar travesty. Uh, the mm-hmm. film gets one nomination uh, for Richard Farnsworth for the straight story, yeah. obviously. Um, he loses to Spacey for American Beauty because this is the year of American Beauty's, uh, yeah, I'll call it a sweep. It gets picture, yeah. director, uh, best screenplay, all deserving, I'd say. I, I mean, of all the of all the Spacey wants to return to, it's the uh, most problematic because he's literally playing a pedophile in it. I yeah. can uh, sort of, uh, you know, I can sort of swallow yeah. <laughs> swallow my pride and watch the other ones. But um, oh, I, I, American Beauty is a struggle. I'm <sighs> in a perfect world. I'd put it in best picture. Certainly better than the Cider House Rules. Yeah, but um, I Green Mile for me. Yeah, mm, yeah. I do. Mm. Yeah, I do yeah, love. I, Green Mile. I do love Green Mile. I need to do a full Green Mile rewatch because obviously Shawshank yeah. is my favorite film, and the amount of people who say that Shawshank's their favorite film. And then I go, oh, do you like Green Mile? And they go, what's the Green Mile? And I go, no. oh, right. Because it's another, this is what, I don't think people understand how much of a companion piece it is. And it's probably yeah. because it's the mythic and the fantasy of it. Yeah. But it's another prison drama directed by Brent Darabont, starring uh, so, multiple well. people um, from a Stephen King story set in a 50s prison. Um, have, you, have you done a podcast on the Green Mile yet? We haven't done the Green Mile. Okay. Right. Oh, well, Um Oh, but then talented Mr. Ripley. I love talented Mr. Ripley. Uh, for me, I don't understand. We, I talk a lot, like, b- badly about mm-hmm. consolation prizes, particularly yeah. Art Carney winning for The Godfather Part Two over Al Pacino. That's just Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, but this is a time where I'm like, <laughs> why didn't Richard Farnsworth win the consolation prize? Because yeah. as much as it would be, oh, he's the oldest nominee, nominee ever, let's give him an award. It's mm. not, because it's also a great performance. It is. I, I didn't know him before this, really. Mm. It's uh, Misery. And I don't know. It was, it, 
It was just a really heart-wrenching performance mm. and great story. Mm. He's received Oscar what... nominations before, but he didn't. He never got an Oscar. Um, let's. I don't, I don't. Screenplay is excellent. I don't know if it's topping uh, any of them. I'm afraid. Uh, best score, though. Let's let's get it. Let's get him in for him. Let's get Angelo in. Um, Are again. you kidding me? <laughs> uh, best cinematography. Uh, yeah, no nominations. I am I, I love Sleepy Hollow, but uh, and, yeah. and, and I and I'd probably say yeah, I'd give it a nomination. But um, I'm quite surprised actually. Uh, Emmanuel Lubetsky, who famously won, I think it was three times in a row. Gravity, uh -huh. Birdman, Revenant. I think that's the first time that's ever happened. If I am correct, uh -huh. I don't know. But yeah, Straight Story gets. Uh, one nomination, and it's a very deserving nomination, and uh, we may even say um, a very deserving win, uh, but it yep. didn't win. <laughs> uh, best single minute. So let I'll I'll let you kick us off with um, the scene that we keep alluding to this uh, war, war remembrance um, bar scene. Why don't you tell us about that? Incredible. Mm. So Alvin ends up going to a bar. Uh, he's not, not drinking. He's drinking, I think, a glass of milk with yes. another old, old guy mm. who Alvin, I think, can tell that he was in World War II. Well, he says, uh, doesn't he? He says, he, I can always has, tell. Yeah, he says, lots of people trying to forget. forget. I can see it in a man straight away. And it's it's just a powerful scene. He's talking about drinking to forget the war, and then it goes yeah. on to talking about the nightmarish images they have of swastika. Um, and then there's the story about the Polish guy, mm -hmm. uh, the scout, who Alvin ended up killing. And it's they're both. Crying, the soundtrack, <sighs> and we got the sort of whirring, sort yeah. of in the background, eventually growing, growing of, of yeah. war sounds. And mm -hmm. I know that uh, um, I know that you're a madman person, uh, so this won't yeah. be lost on you. Very, very reminiscent of the season seven um, episode where Don uh, confesses to his war, uh, yeah. war story with the other veterans, and it's this thing of yeah we all there's no judgment we all did horrible things in this terrible thing that we, we were forced into different wars um but uh, very similar yeah very similar, and, when he's and when he's saying that um he doesn't just remember the faces of the people that lost uh on his side that lost their lives mm. and didn't get to grow like him, but he also remembers the face of the Germans that he was killed. Mm. Was, that scene was just fantastic. And it comes, and it doesn't necessarily come out of nowhere, but um, it takes you seriously by surprise. You think, oh, it's going to be these two old men, and they're going to, you know, treating him to a beer or, or rather, a glass of milk, and. Um, just really brings home the weight yeah. of, uh, of the film we're dealing with. Um, yeah. And uh, I love, on a lighter note, uh, maybe it's because uh, we love Everett McGill and we love Big Ed, but uh, yeah. buying, a, buying the mower, just very, very nice scene. Yeah. Again, that needle drop of Badalamenti's score when he's, walk, when he's driving yeah. off and, and um, Everett yeah. McGill's staring out and he's looking at him and he's like, yeah, good for him. Even, even though Big it's head. the wackiest, <laughs> stupidest yeah. one ever. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, Alvin's like, um, I can judge a by whoever owned it. And then Ed's like, well, he's not Big Ed, but he's yeah, Big no. Ed. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's like, um, yeah, I owned it. Like, and then Alvin just like, smiles and takes it. Yeah, he knows he's a good man, and he yeah. knows that it won't be too long before he gets more, before he gets normal. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's a great line, which leads us into best line. Um, I've got here. Uh, <laughs> did you ride that thing all the way out here to see me? I did, Lyle. Just a terrific closing. Um, the worst part of being old is remembering when he was young. Yeah. Very powerful. <laughs> Almost thrown away. Yeah. Beautifully powerful, exceptionally written <laughs> dialogue. Um, that's never That never comes off as preachy or overly written. It feels cokey and it feels realistic. It yeah. feels that he's, it's just the wisdom of it, old age. Yeah, even the way the young people react to him say it. And they're like, there's no, ah, you old, you old, you old, you old guy. Uh, yeah. They're like, oh no, I'm, I should really take this advice. Yeah. Um, and in oh, a way, I got that. Go wait, on. Go. Just going back. Wait, Gosh, can I go back to single minute? Of course, you can take it. Of course, you can. Okay. Um, when he's talking to the brothers after they fix the lawnmower, mm. and he's talking about his relationship with his brother, and then relaying it to them to. And it and it takes and you a second before you realise that he's that it's all about brothers, and you go, yeah. oh, he's just trying to haggle down the haggle down the thing because he's an old guy and he clearly yeah. is being fleeced, but then he's and the moody, uh, yeah. But then it slowly starts moving into this brother um, speech, and as you yeah. say, beautifully, beautifully affecting. Um, so many things and lines. <laughs> it's, right. it's a great, great film. Take it away. Right, lines. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, look up at the sky, Rosie. And then there's a pause. The sky sure is full of stars tonight. Mm. And then, obviously, the opening and end credits are stars. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wrote, my Edward loved his riding mower. <laughs> yes, that is a good line. <laughs> yeah. I love the woman taking the photo of him as he's walking onto the bus and then taking one yeah. of the mower. Yeah. <laughs> and I also love that we don't get, it doesn't turn into Forrest Gump. And it's not like, no, it there's a man riding across uh, America in a mower and there's the news station and they're chasing him and they're like, what why are you, are you doing? doing this? So, I'm riding, riding, see my brother. Yeah. <laughs> he says, well, there you go, folks. He says he's riding to see his brother. Uh, you know, and there's, there's just none of that. <laughs> um, and... <laughs> And I'm th very thankful for it. Yes. Um, <laughs> when you watched it last Lyle. night, right? So. When you watched it last night, uh, you you did send me maybe the best line in the film. I'll I'll let you take. Oh. It. Wait, I need to get perfect. Let me just see. <laughs> What's the number for nine one one? Very good. Very good. Right, I'm becoming uh, Mike from Red Letter Media, just relating everything to Twin Peaks. Obviously, That's he's funny. Star Trek. Right, it reminded me of the start of the return when uh, they're trying to get into Ruth's apartment, and there's the lady with the key. <laughs> it's just, it's just, I was just like, yeah, okay, this is Lynch. Through and it's through. Pure Lynch. It's not it's Wonderful. not it's not Disney interfering at all. No, <laughs> it's, it's very this true. is what I signed up for. <laughs> this is the content I wanted. Yes. Um but as much as we're being overly positive, have you got any changes? I've got two, and one's not actually a change. Uh, okay, let me think. I've got the the when she hits the deer and there's that like Awkward zoom 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 into Richard, which yes. is which is interesting uh, I, visually, but it's a bit uh, uh, a bit much. Yeah, it's a bit hokey, and it feels uh, out of place in the in the visual language of this film. Yeah. Um. Sorry, I'm just rereading. No, you're all right. To see if there's any parts that I would have changed. Uh, Other than that, I don't. There is really isn't for me. No, there isn't. I. It's. I mean, the soundtrack's fantastic. Mm. Maybe you just release it on Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I think I think one track was a bit overused when he was on the lawnmower. Yeah, but then maybe. it's also good. 
Yeah, so, you, can you have too much of a good... As Liberace always said, too much of a good thing is wonderful. Yeah. Uh, and my other change, which isn't anything that Lynch knew about or could have done, is uh, yeah. they're called the Olsen twins. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Maybe they were named thinking, after the straight story. I, I was thinking that when I watched it. Um, do you have anything left from your notes? Uh, well, they're convinced that Wisconsin is a real party place. They really are. What 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 do yeah. these people know? That don't <laughs> I don't know. know. They just kept on saying it. Um, I guess the next largest city to any small town is always a party place. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and there was a. Oh wait. What do you got? I noted. I, <laughs> I noted that because it looked very similar to the text. Is this supposed to be a comment on Star Wars? Because the the opening and closing credits are literally oh, the yeah. same font and stars. <laughs> I don't know. And somebody shared it on like a film Insta thing, and I thought, has somebody like edited this? To be what like his Return of the Jedi credits would be, because <laughs> his <laughs> written his directed credit was like, oh my god, that has, has somebody made like a, and there were all these fish, and he showed me an Ewok. He showed me, and I I just started getting this headache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What I'd give for well, not really, but what well, yes, but but yes, really. Mm -hmm. I don't have anything else in my notes. No, I just looked at uh, the cinematographer mm -hmm. who was Freddie Francis, and he worked with Lunch before on uh, Dune, mm. which I found interesting. Mm. It feels a bit like, yeah. you know, okay, let's go out and let's make our own film. A few fun facts. Yeah. A few fun facts. Yeah. If my iPad works, it will work. The movie is based on a true story. Uh, the real Arvin Strait lived until uh, lived 1920 to 1996, living three further years after he took the journey. It was filmed in sequence. Oh, okay. Richard Farnsworth was also suffering from hip surgery in real life, and a special seat for the tractor was made for him. Oh, that's, that's nice. It is nice. Uh, the film was independently shot along the actual route taken by Alvin Strait. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, That's good. It is good. We nearly didn't have Richard Farnsworth. Oh, but, really? Do you know what is... He had an objection based upon well, Lynch's previous work. <laughs> Wait, which previous work? It was the use of language in Blue Velvet. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, several personal assurances by Lynch and the other writers uh, that the film would contain no cursing did he agree to do it. Which I don't understand, because Misery has cursing and yeah. graphic violence. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, there was some cursing, but they bleeped it, I think. Mm. I, I think. No, it where, where, Yeah. When, when, um, I swear... Oh, maybe I'm just making it up. No, I thought that was a bit where Sissy Spacek was trying to get the social security check. Oh, I, I don't know. know. I can't I'll have to watch the film again. Uh, Richard Farnsworth was the exact same age as Alvin Strait. Oh, wow. When asked why he decided to direct, to direct a movie like this, uh, which would seem very different from the rest of his projects, David Lynch said that when he read the screenplay for the first time, he felt such a strong emotion that he decided to be the one responsible to try and bring that emotion to the screen. Thank God. Um, here, here are four other off people that were offered the lead. Let's see if any of these yeah. float your boat. James Coburn, I think too, too, gris, too gritty. Mm -hmm. I, wait. John I Hurt. I don't think John Hurt would be old enough. Mm, yeah. Jack Lemon. Oh, that's James. That's James Coburn. Uh, Jack Lemon, yeah. who 
I can kind of see, but also there's a f more of a frailty to to Farnsworth that I think works better for the role. Yeah, I think Farnsworth's eyes always look like they were on the brink of tears sometimes. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and Gregory Peck, who again I think is too stoic. Yeah. Too sort of stoic. Uh, tagline rundown. Here are the taglines that they used to market this film. Um, a true story that proves a little determination goes a very, very long way. Yeah, it's okay. Okay. In life, what are the things that really matter? Again, okay, nothing, nothing exceptional. Um, which leads us into Tom's big question. And I only have one. Mm -hmm. What's the drive back look like? Yeah, I was thinking that the entire film. <laughs> How's he getting back? <laughs> just gets a plane. He just gives up. Uh, yeah. It's a one-way <laughs> trip. It's a, a one-way trip. Yeah. Um. And that brings us to the end of the straight story. Yeah. Um, a, a shorter episode, but um, a shorter episode for, I think, not necessarily a film that uh, one can extrapolate much. Oh. I, I coined yeah. a phrase for an episode that is coming soon. Uh, that is, there's a lot to be said for a well-made film, but there's not a lot to talk about. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think... Yeah. This that could be commented here, but we have talked a lot. Uh, and, and as people tell us, uh, perhaps too much, perhaps too much, perhaps your episodes are too long. So, uh, oh, we've, so no, okay. thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it's it's been a lovely, lovely pleasure. Uh, we've got yeah. we've still got uh, two films left. Yes, my favorite Lynch. Yeah, I ranked that. That uh, for my article on um, the best films of the 2000s, I put it number one. Yeah, it's uh, my favorite film of all time. So, oh, excellent choice. Excellent choice. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to talk about that next. So, get yeah, excited, people. It's going to be a big one. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah, that's not going to be 50 minutes. I can assure you that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then um, there was, and then we have. And then we have in London Empire, which yeah. we might disagree on some things. Oh, I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll get there. Uh, who knows? Another another watch might bring it into a whole new yeah. world for me. Uh, but we'll be there. We'll see you. And uh, this has been the Straight Story. I've been Thomas Crothers and Jerry. And it's been a pleasure. Dabba, 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 da, da. Ba 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 